Welcome back, friends, to another trifecta episode. I'm George K with Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks, and I am joined by uh, George A, Chief Information Security Officer. And we also have our friends from the Cyber Ranch Podcast, Alan Alford. And from Simply Solving Cyber, Aaron Pritz. Cody Rivers is in Germany, so I'll be covering for our show. All right. Well, we are returning uh, a little over a month later, gents, because we issued a challenge starting in September ahead of October, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And that was the Cyber Community Challenge. We threw down the gauntlet. We asked vendors to put something out into the universe that was better than trying to teach cybersecurity awareness to practitioners. And then we also asked practitioners to get out there do something in the community or make that open to their, uh, you know, their SOC teams, their incident responders. How do they get out of the InfoSec team and out into the wild? And we had a lot of entries and a lot of posts, and I'm excited to talk about them today. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Like I, I have to be honest with you, I just. I have to give an immediate shout out. I know there's a bunch of people that we're going to talk about, but our friend Carlos, oh. every day, every day, man, I log in. I'd Hammering. see him every day. That dude is just impressive with his persistence, man. He has a mission in his head. He gets it done. I'm so happy we met that guy, man. Yeah, Car- Carlos is great. We're going to talk about Carlos because that was like – at a left field, it was not really in a category. He kind of invented his own category. <laughs> kind of ran with it. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't even have to pay Gartner or Forrester a dime. Um, so uh, talking about vendors, uh, I think we have our top finalists in the vendor community. The first one is coming from GuidePoint Security. Um, I did some stuff for them, but they were trying to do something to give back to the community. And what they did was they donated a pair of children's cybersecurity books to inspire the next generation of defenders. And I thought that was, that was really cool. Well done. That was the first that I had seen to get it out and about and out of the ecosystem and into the wild. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also had bug crowd did something entirely different than the usual. I think maybe for their own sanity also, which is they put together a video series called unsolved Cyber Mysteries with Casey Ellis, founder of Bug Crowd, aka Sick Codes, our man from DEF CON. Um, and it was him just talking through breaches that have just never been solved. You know, I just thought that was also cool because it wasn't the usual stuff. Yeah, it was a good mystery theme, real, real true crime kind of vibe. Yeah, and I think anything to do with uh, sick codes, man. Like I am such a huge fan of that guy. Like I met him over a year ago and I just, I got always got time to hear whatever he's got to say. Okay. Now we get it to Carlos who he did not get clearance from his company. So he was like, I'm striking out on my own. If you didn't catch this, I feel like you might've been spending October under a rock, but he took it upon himself. And just for background, Carlos works for a security compliance consultancy so he is on the i guess we would say the seller side and but he took it upon himself to do cybersecurity awareness for practitioners so he wanted to bring awareness to practitioners the unsung heroes in the ecosystem yep 
And uh, George, you want to sum up what what he did there in case anyone missed it? Yeah. So I mean, with with Carlos, um, you know, it, it's it's very impressive. He highlighted an individual that kind of um, you know was both practitioner and sales side that really embodied. Um, I guess the modernized approach to conducting the business that we're talking about and, and folks who are really thought leaders within their specific verticals. Um, you know, I, I just thought that it showed the depth and breadth of his network. And I think it gave an opportunity to to spotlight some folks that like I didn't even know that were, were doing really good things. Um, and I really appreciate the fact that Carlos, you know, he... I'm not going to say it's like making yourself vulnerable, but he put himself out there and spotlighted other people and championed other people. And I think we don't see enough of that in our industry from a genuine standpoint where you're seeing someone actually hyping other people up and really mm-hmm. like promoting why this person is worth giving a follow, giving a watch, connecting with. Um, you know, I, I just, in every interaction I've had with Carlos, like he comes off as one of the most genuine people I've met in this industry. I have not had the pleasure to meet him in person yet, but I feel like he'd be the exact same type of person when you meet him live too. And that's kind of like my favorite thing about him. Yeah. We, we've done webinars. Um, he has referred me podcast guests. Carlos and I have been chatting for a good couple of years now. And, and to your point, every time I interact with that person, um, this is somebody who is making it not about them at all, you know? I mean, every conversation I have with Carlos, I walk away having learned something about someone else in his network, not about him. He's not beating his own drum. It's always about other people. Hey, you should have so-and-so on your show. He's really smart. I had a meeting with him, and he's just a great guy, and you'd love to connect and have him on your show. And and I meet the guy, and sure enough, he's on the show, and we have a great show. <laughs> um, Carlos is just – he's a connector. He's a networker. He's a gluer. He's all about celebrating those around him. Um, he's just an amazing guy. And I, I believe I didn't I didn't catch it every single day, but I'm pretty sure he did one of these every single day in October. Did he not? He did. This was daily. Yes. That is yes. 31 <laughs> instances of going out of your way every morning to crank out some content celebrating another human being. That is just praiseworthy in my book. Yeah. 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 We're gonna to have to invent a third category for this contest next year. Clearly like we it. we missed them. <laughs> um cool i didn't see as much on the practitioner side and i I think maybe we need to do a little bit better on the promotion side that's my candid feedback i know we also had a lot of world events and domestic events um really throw cyber for a loop in october um and churn the waters but i i will call out um there was a practitioner who i was unaware of and i'm pretty sure if i had to put money on it that carlos told him about the challenge wouldn't, <laughs> but, wouldn't surprise me at all and that was uh gerson david quintero rodriguez who i think is in colombia but mm-hmm. he is CISO, and he used the challenge to talk specifically about very deep levels of data security so he was sort of evangelizing like data masking and like all these different techniques but not just like you know one-liners i mean they were like super detailed posts so hopefully that got some more knowledge out to other practitioners um he seemed really passionate about that and he ran with it i was happy to see it i was happy to see somebody completely outside of our orbit go Mm -hmm. for it Mm -hmm. i gotta be honest with you man um you know because i i'd employed um someone from columbia as well and and i won't lie to you there is an impressive there's an impressive niche of cyber talent that's growing and getting international coming out of Colombia. 
Um, you know, I, I have a, I have a, a, a buddy of mine who I've known since grade school, and he actually uh, he built network infrastructure and he did it for some provincial governments up here. He decided to start his own shop and moved down to Medellin and took his whole company mm. down there. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think there is a lot more talent in certain places in the world. We don't even know yet because we're in our, you know, little enclave yes. of English speaking folks. Right. I think there's a lot of talent out there. And, and it was really cool that, uh, you know, our, our friend here managed to come out and, and Gerson decided to contribute. I, I hope we, we connect with them, bring them on and start going a little bit more international with the folks that we try to, you know, bring onto the shows. I love that. Yeah. Durley, Durley Gutierrez, who's been on my show before, uh, moved down to Columbia. And he's a CISO operating out of Columbia now. Do they know something that we don't? Is there some like awesome quality of life thing that we're all missing? <laughs> there's, a, there's a quality of life thing there. There is a uh, same time zones as the U.S., yeah. right? Like like it's yeah. it's nearshoring. You can you can live down there, have a great time, have a great encounter, great friends. It helps if you speak Spanish. Um, and you can have an incredible lifestyle down there and still be in the same time zone as all your buddies in the States. So you're not, you know, you can remote. It's, it's the modern world of remote, man. As long as you're in the yeah. same time zone, who cares where you are? Go yeah. someplace cool. It's a case of like, look, in any, we'll call just foreign country for the, for the lack of terms. As long as you're not silly about how you behave and you don't go to places that you know you shouldn't, like make friends with some locals, figure those out when you get on the ground, figure out the ground truth. I think you'll be fine. You'll have a great experience. But it's like anywhere else. You go know, anywhere else in the world. If I was an American, sorry, if I was, let's say, a European and I decided to move to Washington, D.C., there are some places in D.C. that I would not want to be caught in at all. 100. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's D.C., right? So yeah. it's yeah. just like that there. Well, that really pretty much anywhere where the politicians are is probably a little sketchy. Is that? <laughs> well, and, and K street. There's your color of K street. You're the American um, my friend. You can say that. <laughs> yeah. I think we also tried to take some, some time out. Um, Aaron, I know, you want to talk about what you were doing during October? Cause I know you got out there to talk to some students. Yeah. So actually Cody and I decided to take our entire team to kids voice, which is an organization that helps uh, disadvantaged kids that are going through displacement from their families, uh, legal, legal support. Um, so it's a nonprofit, uh, it's a national nonprofit, but we help the Indiana chapter. And we took our whole cyber team there and we just really dug in, talked about their crown jewels, figured out, you know, where the sensitive data was, figured out what they were doing, lots of opportunities um, to improve, um, got a lot of support from our team to want to volunteer. So we just wanted nice. to take a day and give back, but also like share share our skill set to help an organization that probably didn't have a lot of the large consulting companies coming at them. So it was really, really fun, really rewarding, um, really good chance to like learn and also take some of those skills back to some of the larger clients that we help and really, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm personally going to get, stay engaged with that organization and help more. That's rad. And I think you talked about like, if you can work with an organization that has zero budget and like figure out processes or whatever, like imagine being able to translate that to somebody who does have allocated budget. Spread a dollar in a nonprofit that doesn't have many dollars. Think about how you could apply those that same skill set to an organization that has a lot of dollars. Like 
large corporations, like money is not always the only issue. So I think really t learning how to figure out problems and situations where you don't have a lot of capital is really a good skill set to apply broader. Alan, George, you guys have any adventures, get into any good trouble, as John Lewis used to say? I um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, global conflicts. You mentioned, um, you know, uh, other other events that kind of toss cyber. Uh, October for me was personally a, about as jacked up a month as I've experienced in years and years and years of my life. <laughs> um, so I, I, I entered this program with the best laid intentions and the best of plans. And I ultimately ended up uh, barely doing anything for cyber cyber community challenge myself. I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed, but it was a uh, it was a rough month. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. You, you had some you had some fights ahead of you. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, for myself, I was um, I was coming back on the latter half of my little European work tour, so I was dealing with that for a bit. And uh, yeah, I, um, y you know, like we don't we don't really get um, political in this show. It's it's not really a thing that we do. But um, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm an ethnic Palestinian, so this has not been a very good time for my family, uh, for myself. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in Canada, like my life is safe. I, I'm very happy and good here, mm. but obviously, you know, there's, it's really hard to get up in the morning and look at the news, man. And when you're a CEO yeah. and you have to look at the headlines and you have to see what's going on and you have to scroll through that. And I'm in, you know, God knows how many group chats with, with folks overseas and, and we're getting stuff that's not even in the media. Um, man, it's, it's hard to kind of keep a positive outlook and, and momentum. Like I, I, I just wish like Cyber Awareness Month could have been like September and <laughs> not October when I was in a much more fun mood. But man, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. From, from a mental health perspective, I was just, you know, trying to keep my head above water. And um, and, and by the way, like while we kind of have here, um, we have our friend uh, uh, Danny Wolf and, and, you know, audience first. And her and I recently uh, connected and, and, you know, we, we talked about the thing and, and Danny's an Israeli-American and, you know, I consider her a friend. Um, I consider her a colleague in our whole podcast adventure. And uh, it's just, it felt really good to talk sanity with another person. Um, and I think that's the kind of outreach and fight that I was trying to do is just, hey, like, I understand what's happening in our industry right now. Um, we all know there are, there are plenty of Israeli partners and, and companies around here, but really making sure that we're, we're good for each other and, and, and we're maintaining those relationships and we're not letting nonsense that doesn't, you know, directly, like I'm not, like I live in Ottawa, man. I, I have a good life here. I'm not part of any fight or any, or any war or anything. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of relationships and kind of keeping a positive outlook, that was the whole struggle for me. And, and unfortunately I did not do what I would have wanted to do for, for cybersecurity awareness month. You know, I would have wanted to take advantage of my sister being a high school principal and go out and talk to the kids. But, uh, man, my, my, my heart was really heavy this month, man. It was a tough time. Well, I think you bring up a good point, right? And, uh, we talked about, you know, Carlos's selflessness of getting things out there. We've tried to highlight that from the vendor side, and this is important. It's all about the community and it's not just one month and it's about really caring for one another. I, I know, you know, parts of October are also meant to raise awareness about mental health, which is not a small topic in cyber, let alone any kind of tech uh, sector job right now. So yeah, I, I am grateful that 
we have the community that we have people we can lean on even if we hang out time zones away and uh, i think that's really important what did you do george i i'm really excited about your red team blue team action <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i um i've gone into my kids school for the last two years and it started out with reading children's books but as my daughter has gotten older uh i decided maybe they were ready for something a little bit yeah. more concrete especially in the short time that i had so i had um some help from ChatGPT and cooked up a red versus blue team exercise that nice. I called uh, Storm the Fortress. And I divided the class into a red team and blue team and gave them some basic parameters of like, here's the treasure, your job is to protect it. You have guards here, here, and here, and you have a gate, you know, I outlined basic defenses of the castle. Mm -hmm. And the red team, your job is to get in and had them take a crack at it. It was pretty, pretty amazing what these kids came up with. I was telling uh, George here that, you know, some of the kids were like, well, I'm going to put decoy treasure here and, and, and hide it actually in a different place in the castle. So it's like, so data obfuscation, <laughs> it's like, and then um, the red team kids thought of like riding in on the food carts. I don't know what we want to call that, like supply chain attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really good. And I think it made it real for them. You know, a lot of them, when I talked to really young kids, they actually have more experience with like game hacking than I do, like having their accounts taken over or, or trying to be abused on a gaming platform. So I think this made cyber less, I was hoping it made it less like computery and more yeah. just like think through. I think they would have gone on for like an hour and I would have loved to take the brew and the red and like switch them and but it was Aaron, fun. We got, I gotta tell you though, man, and it's not just George being a proud dad, I am firmly convinced we are gonna work for his children someday. <laughs> kids are brilliant. <laughs> Jesus, I was always bragging about the things they're doing. I was like, man, I remember when I was that age and I was just like still sticking my fingers in the wall sockets. <laughs> like, so so I, I got to say this too, though, to, to, to your point, George, that Battle.net, Steam, these guys yeah. were offering me MFA probably five years before my bank was. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a gamer. So I'm, I'm an unabashed gamer. I'm on every gaming platform there is and I got MFA on every one of them. And I can't say that I have MFA every other place in my grown-up life. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, it's funny. Yes, it's like where the heat is. Mm -hmm. And like before it was on the banks and the mobile apps, it was definitely just gamers going after gamers. Yeah, so. exactly. People trying to hijack your account and steal the characters you'd spent hours and hours and hours investing in or the dollars you spent on skins or whatever the kids are spending money on these days. Oh. Yeah, for sure. All right, well... We're going to wrap this up soon. We're really proud of these four finalists here. But Alan, you have done the hard labor of digging out some pretty kick-ass gifts. Let's talk about some sweet cyber prizes. Yeah, yeah. What do Books, you got? People. Books, people. We, we, we talked about the whole theme of the, you know, the month was let's, let's give and go and grow and nurture. And I thought, what better way to do prizes than, you know, we could do silly trophies. I'm... Anybody who knows me on LinkedIn knows I give out silly certificates. Um, but I thought, let's do something that's that's in part of that whole nurturing and giving back vibe. And so I decided to go with books. So I reached out to a bunch of friends that have written cyber books. And here's all the prizes we have. We have Startup Secure by Chris Costaldo. Yeah, guest number two on the show. Friend of the show. We have Inside Jobs by Joe Payne, J.D. Hansen, and Mark Wajtasiak. Uh, I totally blew that one. 
Uh, we have How to Measure Anything in Cybersecurity Risk by uh, Doug Hubbard and Richard Syerson. We have The VC Field Guide by William Lin. We have Analog Network Security by Wynn Schwartzow. And those are the books we're going to be giving away as prizes. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to meet, we're going to vote, and we're going to start uh, reaching out to the folks that participated in the program. And we are going to start sending them books. And we probably, by the way, have even more cyber books on the way. I, I can't name which ones yet because I don't know which ones will get here in time, but there's a few others in the, in the pipeline as well. Yes. And I will also say for any of the winners who have kids, we also have some kids books. We have Amber's The Little Cyber Engineer and Zanette Kamal's uh, oh no hacked again in the waiting in the wings as well so stay tuned for more i think for this year this is the trifecta signing off on cyber community challenge and we really hope to get it into high gear next year hope to continue the the tradition and let's just uh keep doubling down on community that does it for this week's episode if you like what you heard consider leaving us a rating or a review and share this episode with one friend this week. It helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Subscribe to Bare Knuckles and Brass Tacks wherever you get your podcasts.